0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 549 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. On today's show, we have an interview with Hannah Irons, who was a participant in this year's edition of the Horse Mastership Clinic. Following that, Karen Isberg joins us for help in dispelling horse nutrition myths. We'll wrap it up with a total saddle fit tip with Ruth Hogan-Polson.
1: This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida.
0: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Deshaw's Radio Show.
1: Hi. How are you today, Phil?
0: I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Just working through the last couple of days before my short, short working vacation, I guess. So uh,
1: I know Phil's going to be here. Same with Glenn this weekend. It is a party.
0: We're, ha- we're getting together and having a, a serious meeting We we
1: are yeah we are we are gonna work a little bit there is some work so Phil you're coming down for the USDF trainers conference which we try to get you down the FEI trainers conference we try to get you down every conference so I think you and I are both looking forward to this year it should be a lot of fun you've got lots of different some
0: some learning and some socializing some networking you know I like to say hi to all the people that we have on the show you know sort of do that kind of thing but. Uh you know, in the past the USDF trainers conference has been fantastic, well run, well organized, great clinicians. So I can really look look forward to attending that.
1: Well, I'm re- I'm looking forward to you guys coming down. It's going to be great fun. The trainers conference, if anybody has more, in- wants more information, there's great information on the website. It is actually January 20th through 21st at High Meadow Farms in Loxahatchee, Florida. You have Ann Gribbons, Ashley Holdser, Lars Peterson, and Gary Rockwell. So you've got two judges and two Olympic riders. I think that's going to be pretty cool.
0: It it should should be fun, is you know, and it, hopefully the weather will be warm. I don't know what it's been like this week, but
1: uh, hot. <laughs> it's okay. been very hot, but we're getting a cold front, which always seems to happen right around the time of the trainers' mm. conference. It was eighty five today, and actually, I think broke a temperature record, so it was pretty hot. <laughs> Not gonna lie. So, but it's gonna right, be really fun right. for that trainers' conference, and the sun mm. the sun's out and. All the good things. So, we're really looking forward to this week coming up. And then on Wednesday, there's extra training for certified instructors. So, it's going to be a good week. Lots of people are in town. So, looking forward to it.
0: Fantastic. And any other stuff going on that you've been up to this week or, or you know, what's happening in, in Loxahatchee?
1: Just a lot of training. We are training a lot. We're full swing ahead. You know, now the horses are ready to go and we're in routine and it's been really good. I'm really looking forward to having Wendy Murdoch on the show. Hopefully next week she'll come back on. She came to visit us and we did worked on the Franklin ball method or you sit on these different balls that help you with your seat. So we have been using a ton of those things as we've been riding here. So now I have all these, this bag of tricks that I take out to the ring and we've been playing with them and testing them. All the riders have been fun. They were, were there when we did it. So that's been really fun. So I'm looking forward to that. So, and then we're coming you're coming. So you're going to work, work everybody. I'm a little nervous, shaking in my boots a little. But ready to work hard. Phil always makes me sweat like a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. But you gotta you gotta work hard before you play hard, right? It's not right. Exactly. We do work hard. We do work hard. Yeah.
1: So, and other than that, the first CDI happened. Global CDI happened last week, and Stefan Peters in Super Casper won the Grand Prix for the special, and Jill Irwin, right from Canada, won the freestyle, the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix freestyle. So that was really fun. We had our first Friday Night Lights on Friday. And if you ever come to Wellington, you should go to Friday Night Lights. It's a lot of oh, Wasn't it of fun. raining?
0: Did it was really down?
1: disgusting. Yeah. I would have, <laughs> I'm would. i not going to lie. <laughs> because we're here for, it happens for 12 weeks, right? So if it rains, normally I won't go. But we had a bunch of people in town <laughs> and
0: uh, okay. they all wanted to go. I was and, wondering uh, why, why, you, why you went over in the rain. To
1: I would not have gone. No way. No way. Ton of people are in town, so sometimes that happens. So, yeah, that's that's no big deal, but that's what happened. So
0: it's good. All right, but well I we, think we got a good show. Why don't you, why don't you tell do. us what's coming? Up?
1: We do. Um, we've got a great first guest, and she's from. I met her. I've met her before, but I did some media training at the Robert Dover Horse Mastership Clinic with uh, the participants, and Hannah Irons was fantastic. And I hope you enjoy her interview. Well, tonight we are really excited to have Hannah Irons. She is from Maryland, and she was here doing the Robert Dover Horse Mastership Clinic in Florida. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, I'm very excited to share a little bit about what I learned. The Robert Dover Clinic was definitely an amazing experience and a great way to start off the season. My name is Hannah. I am from Queenstown, Maryland, and I am showing in the Young Riders. My mare is Bella. She's a 10-year-old Hanoverian who was actually generously donated to Dressage for Kids. Um, that's a wonderful program. I would definitely recommend many listeners to look into it. Anyway, I am down here working for Megan Davis and learning the ropes of becoming an up-and-coming professional is my goal. And the Robert Dover Clinic, it was definitely a really neat experience how all the different Riders came together and meeting people from around the country and learning different aspects of horse care and not just the riding point of view, but also fitness and and mental toughness in the riders was very helpful for me. And I'm looking forward to applying that towards um, the show season this year.
1: So fantastic. So Hannah, tell us a little bit about how to start from the very beginning. If someone, you know, what is the Robert Dover Horse Mastership Clinic? How were you selected? Kind of give us the the, the nuts and bolts to how you got started in that program.
2: Uh, yes. The Robert Dover Horse Mastership Clinic was originally started by Dressage for Kids, and now it is a USCF program that is sponsored by Discover Dressage. And the goal of it is to pick the top riders from the national championships and heat medal finals and NAYC each year, and then give them the opportunity to ride with the top professionals in Wellington, Florida. It was hosted at uh, the Global Dressage Festival, the big showgrounds down here. So that was additionally very helpful to get that experience and exposure at such a a big venue and. In addition, they have four wild card applications, and that's what I did. I applied um as a wild card, and it's just selected by like your essay and the video, and um, just to try to get a more diverse group of riders and not just based on your show experience of that year.
1: Right. And so with your mare, did you is she a new partnership, or have you had her a while?
2: Uh, it'll be three years this summer. It's been definitely a lot of ups and downs with her. Um, she didn't have, like, she's super talented, but didn't have as much show experience. And me getting to know her and we were both new to the Young Riders. So last year was our first first year at Young Riders. I'm hoping this year we can get more consistent in the show ring. And clinics like the Robert Dover um, Horse Mastership Week definitely helped push ourselves, like, outside of our comfort zone instead of, like, riding you know, at home with the same trainer, I think it's helpful to get new new opinions and new perspectives of what what you can do to like challenge yourself to the next step in competition-wise, and also just gain a new level of confidence. I think and get to know yourself and your horse better because if you don't if you don't ever like try new things, you'll never really um, feel like you'll never really gain any experience. And if if that works or if that doesn't work, so um, yeah, as I'm getting to know her more. I felt like riding with different people actually helped our our bond and and getting more experience for the show ring.
0: So Hannah, who who were you able to get instruction from during during the week?
2: The first two days I rode with Robert Dover, and it was my first. I rode with him several years ago when I um, was showing the FEI ponies, but it was my first lesson with him on Bella, and it was really he definitely pushed us and and made us um, work harder than we're used to. But I think it was actually quite beneficial to, he's like, you have to, you know, think outside the box and really like see and strive for what you want. And he was like, if you never really tap into that, you're never going to really progress. And he definitely, uh, we were working on, you know, getting more expression and, and a lot of like, I really enjoyed his lessons because he, he always had like stressed the importance of like seeing like the movie in your mind or seeing what you want to like strive for. So he would be like in the extended trial. He'd be like, see Vallegros front feet or see what Totalist's passage would look like. Instead of just riding around wondering, Oh, is it happening? Like what's going on? He's like, you have to really like see what you want and really ride for that. So that was probably the biggest benefit from, from his lesson and just not being too like, I mean, obviously you don't want to push. There is like, a point where you can push your horse too much and then that causes stress, but you have to, you need to have find that like limit of positive tension and like kind of figure out where that limit is to like where progression happens and where if you go over that limit, then tension would result. So he definitely helped me kind of find that I'm ready to kind of push both my mare and I to the next step, which was very exciting to, to see, because uh, we are still kind of, like, new to this level. So sometimes I'm a little bit, maybe a little bit too passive. And or don't. And she's a sensitive mare, too. But he definitely helped me, like, and then if she does get tense from challenging herself more, like, how to ride through that. So that was super helpful. And then the second two days I rode with Catherine Bates and Chandler. And I this was my first um, ride with her also. And she was, I was amazed at how well she could, like read a horse. Like within, she just like watched our warm up, and within five minutes, she figured out exactly what like what our weaknesses were, and and how Bella, what her what her challenges are, and what my challenges are with getting to know her and ride her, and and she was like definitely more all about the basics, and you know riding like the tempo that you want, and not the horse, the tempo that the horse gives you. Again, like kind of pushing pushing the limits a little bit and striving for more. And I was also, like I say, all of the clinicians this at the Robert Clinic Week, they all, one thing they had in common was they all had um, strong like visuals for their riders. So instead of just saying like more inside leg or like, in, for instance, walker, as Catherine was saying, like, imagine half passing around a cone in the walker right? instead of like more bend and more inside leg. So I think that like even watching that really helped the riders and it helped me to, to begin to, have a picture in your mind and ride towards what you want instead of kind of guessing and assuming it happened. So that was very helpful. I found
1: that's and a great the last one. We, yeah. Tell us about the last uh, day.
2: Uh, the last day we rode our, each of the riders rode their test of choice in the big international ring in front of Charlotte Bradal Baker and, that was, like, a great insight, you know, the first time to get in the show ring of the season and have FEI judge give her feedback. And we had, like, full dress rehearsal again to, you know, get ourselves outside of our comfort zones and, and, and to, like, think, think more about, like, riding, like, for a show. Because oftentimes, like, if you ride your test at home, at least I do, I won't quite ride it the same, like, yes, I'm riding my test, but it's just at home and it's just my trainer. But, you know, riding in front of a new person – in a strange atm- atmosphere was, and just having it still just for practice was a great experience.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. You know, there's some level of having to dress up and having to write your test. Like that's hard. And, and to get the feedback right there in that big ring. I mean, that's a huge ring. I think it was quite windy the day you guys rode, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it? so like,
2: windy. The tents yeah. were flapping. They were setting up the tents. The, it was, it was pretty exciting.
1: <laughs> there was a lot then going on. it was on. like,
2: 20, 20, degree
1: temperature drop the day before yes. was like 80. And then yes. it was like 60 that morning. Yeah, It was really for, it was, for, you it know, was that's good cold. show practice. Yes. It was Training
2: very good
3: show.
1: practice. Yeah, yeah, it was very good show. That's a good way to look at that. I love that. And I love the idea of doing a walk walkway per- wet around a cone. I'm like, Oh, I'm taking that one. That's a great idea. That's a really good idea. I love it. Yeah. Well, fantastic. So what's the next step for you and Bella? What's what's up next?
2: So our goal for the season is to show some more CDIs. We're doing week three, so that's coming up very soon. Yeah. (laughs) And our our main goal is to just get, you know, more consistent in the ring. And because schooling is easy for us. Like we, like every, like we're, like, I feel pretty strong at the um, Young Riders and Pre-St. George now. It's just like test riding. I think that we both need to get a little bit more confident to ride a little bit more boldly in the ring but not have it you know become tension to have like the positive tension similar to what Robert was talking about in the uh, clinic and our big goal at the end of the season if all goes according to plan you know horses you can't get you can't get anything too set in stone but I I would love to qualify for the um, European Young Rider Tour next year Oh yeah! Um, Actually, it's this year, (laughs) but in in May.
1: (laughs) Coming soon. Um,
2: Next season, like this coming season, and so that's in May and June. So to qualify for that, we have to do um, at least two CDIs and and get more experience at the in the FEI ring and the freestyle and everything.
1: Fantastic. So just real quick, where do people find more information about this program and and about the young riders? Where did you find all this information? So if somebody wanted to potentially apply for next year.
2: So if you go to the uh, USCF website under their programs, there is like endless educational and training opportunities there. You know, you can find them everything from, if you go under the competition length, and you'll find everything on qualifying for young riders or ponies or whatnot. And then there's also their educational opportunities, such as the Robert Dover Clinic, the Emerging Athlete Program, which is relatively new. And George Williams is a um, U.S. youth coach. He is, he teaches weekend clinics around the country and evaluation sessions. So that's a great place to start is apply for one of those youth clinics. They have them in almost all the regions now throughout the year. And then based on that, they make selections for um, the high intensity clinics.
1: Fantastic. Well, Hannah, we can't wait to keep an eye on your career and thanks so much for coming on. And well, I see you're down the road, so I can't wait to see you here in Florida.
2: Well, Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was a pleasure. I will stay in touch.
1: Well, right after this commercial break with Kentucky Performance Products, we have Karen from Kentucky Performance Products uh, coming on
4: the show. Her life was falling apart around her, but when she saw his sweet face and heard the low knicker, the pain eased. She stood in the stall for some time, running a brush over his sleek coat, down his powerful muscles and over his tight, cool tendons. He cocked his back leg, waiting patiently. She scratched his favorite spot and was rewarded with a crinkled smile and outstretched neck. The stress flowed from her body, and she knew with him and her life, she would make it through. This love story is brought to you by Endure Extra, providing high-fat calories, direct-fed microbials, and natural vitamin E to support optimal condition and performance. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today.
3: Well, we are so excited to have Karen Isberg, president of Kentucky Performance Products, on for her month's segment. Karen, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's always fun to be here. Happy 2020.
5: I know. I I can't (gasps) believe it. It I know. I, I don't know where the time goes. It's just all of a sudden, there's, there's, it's 2020. I don't know. It's 2020.
3: I, what I, I think we're all <laughs> wow. feeling that. We're like, whoa! Oh my goodness! It's crazy. But Karen, you have some great. You have three feeding myths to kind of get rid of for the start of 2020. So you can, can you get started for that? With yeah, I thought
5: we'd do some mythbusters today because you know I, I, get these come up more uh, often. So, you know, um, nobody should feel funny if they they think this is true, because these are myths that have been out there for a long time, and a lot of people don't know that they're not true. The first one is one that I actually get quite often, and I have people call me up and say, hey, I was told that if I feed my horse's minerals-free choice, that they're going to pick what they need. They're going to know innately what minerals they need, and they'll pick through for the ones that, that they think that their body is missing. Well, that is, that is completely not a thing. I think that came out in the seventies at some point, there was some thought process that horses could choose the minerals that they need, but they can't. And there's been plenty of research done that shows that they don't know any more than you or I know. Oh, I need some iron today. You know, they just don't get that. What they do have nutritional sense for is salt and if there's not enough salt in their diet, they will seek out salt. So they might eat dirt or you'll, they'll, they'll lick their, their human person You know, a lot more if they need salt. So salt is something they should always have free choice. But it is untrue that if you feed a horse free choice minerals, they will choose the minerals that they need. So it's always best to feed a well-formulated concentrate. And if your horse isn't, doesn't eat enough grain, then they need to get a vitamin and a mineral pellet that's formulated specifically for horses.
3: Ah, So, Karen, would this be our problem with potato chips in the afternoon here in Florida? I'm just saying. We maybe have that's a pr- it. problem with it's that. It's the
5: yeah. salt, salt. People yeah. will seek salt <laughs> out as well. I mean, yeah, if you're, you will look for salt if you're
3: I think our, our team here in Florida potentially looks for salt in the afternoon. I'm just <laughs> saying. Just saying. It is it is maybe happening. <laughs> May, I think I yeah. eat
6: those potato
5: chips even when I don't need the salt. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, no kidding.
3: Well, that that it's really fascinating. That's really good to know because I have heard that, and so that's fantastic. So, what's our second one?
5: So, the second one is that alfalfa hay makes horses hot. Now, I bet you've both heard that. haven't Oh you? yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, and and sometimes it's not, I'm hoping for the hot. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, and it's not that alfalfa hay has something in it that makes horses hot. And in fact, alfalfa hay is lower in sugar than many grass hays. And we know that it's the sugar spikes that will cause excitability in horses. So alfalfa hay kind of gets a bad rap. The reason it does is because alfalfa hay has more energy per pound than most grass hays. And therefore, if you feed an equal amount of alfalfa as you were of grass hay, then all of a sudden your horse is going to have more energy. And depending on the horse, that may manifest as, woohoo! you just have a lot more get up and go. So, so are, not, we, are we just uh,
0: talking about calories there, Karen?
5: You're, you're talking about calories. Yeah. yeah. It just wow. have yeah. more calories per pound. And a lot of people go, oh, you know, alfalfa is high in protein and high protein makes a horse hot. And again, that's just, that's just a, a complete misnomer. The high protein isn't what makes the horse hot. In fact, protein is a very poor energy source for horses. Protein incidentally burns hotter in the body. So if a horse is on a very high protein diet, they may sweat more because they produce more body heat. So if, say a long distance endurance horse, you would not want them on a high protein diet for that reason, but it does not make them more excitable. Except that you're feeding them more calories, yeah
0: that that makes a lot of sense, yeah you know it's it it's it's sort of true, but not true, right it's just it's it's kind of true for a different reason than what people think, you know
5: exactly it's true in the sense that it just gives them a lot more energy, and you know, I had somebody that I was talking to the other day that called me up and said, "Gosh, you know, I got this horse, he was really skinny and you know, he was really quiet, and you know, and now we've put some weight on him, and gosh, he's gone, he's crazy. And, you know, and I've been feeding him myself, and I think that's what it is. And I kind of had to explain that, you know, when a horse is skinny, they're in a negative energy balance. And all of the energy that they're using is going towards keeping their body going and just moving around, just,
0: just being alive. Water yeah. Water
5: and just being alive. And when a horse, so we call that negative energy balance, that they're, that they're they're not getting enough energy to, to even support just what it takes to maintain their body weight. When you put them when they gain weight and you put them in positive energy balance, then they have excess energy to do other things with. And so a horse then will, you know, they're going to feel better. They're going to have a lot more get up and go. So it's not unusual to see a horse that is labeled as really quiet when they're skinny to change when they get. I'm sure you've both run into that. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's okay, and but, what what do you think about the th- what's our third thing for today?
5: Well, the third one is that if a feed isn't higher percent protein, it's a better quality
0: feed. Ah.
5: And this is have you heard that before? Yeah, I have actually. Uh, yeah oh, no,
0: actually, it, but I'm sure it's out there, yeah,
5: it's out there and and it and it's it, again, this is a most myths come from the past, you know it's 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 an old misnomer. way back when probably when I was a kid and Reese, when you were younger as well, Mm -hmm. basically, you know, we fed horses very differently and feeds were produced differently. They were produced for production animals. And in that case, you know, a higher quality, a higher percent protein in the feed probably did have higher quality ingredients in it. But nowadays that we're feeding our horses differently, the, the percent protein is not an indicator of quality. So you could have a very high quality, high fat, low starch feed that has beet pulp and soy hulls in it. And those ingredients are low in protein, eight, nine, 10% protein, which is very appropriate for an adult horse. So you could, so the protein percent of that feed would be lower, closer to that 10 to 11% range, but it would be a very high quality feed because those beet pulp and soy hulls are very uh, fermentable hindgut fibers that are very good for performance horses. So you can get a low a low protein feed that's very high quality depending on where the horse is and what they need. Mm. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Well, I mean, that makes uh, sense. I that but makes sense? I, I know that around, you know, around horses, uh, a, a lot of these myths, feeding myths or horse care myths come about, uh, you know, from history and and they're, they're, tough to die out right they're, they're tough to to get you know to get out of um you know being true or not true and, and they might be true for different reasons in the past and now you know we've done a lot of research and there's a lot of um nutritional research for sure that that would would change these these myths
6: exactly
5: and it's hard to, once they become popular culture mm. it's hard to change them it's really hard to change them. But you're right. You're completely right, Philip. A lot of them have, there's there's a bit of truth to them. You know, yeah, I mean, alfalfa can give your horse more energy. So it could make your horse hotter if you fed the same amount of alfalfa as you did grass hay. So you can see where that kind of perpetuates itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the one about the free choice minerals, there's there's not even a little, you know,
0: yeah, it's that's really not many, even a little right, bit. That right, That's not even, even a little
5: bit. Yeah.
3: I
0: mean, I, yeah, yeah you can funny. see where it comes from from salt because we're always, you know, we, we you have to give free choice salt, but then I think all of the other minerals get lumped in with that, and it's and it's completely, you know, not true. So,
5: and sometimes it's just these little trends that come up, you know, and we see them in in human nutrition too. You know, there'll be a little trend, and somebody will say, "Oh, this is the best way to feed your horse," and and it's not necessarily research based. And then the researchers jump in and go, Well, we're going to look at this, you know, and then right. they say, Ah, no, nope, didn't work.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, 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 for sure.
3: Well, fantastic. Well, Karen, if anybody has more questions about these myths or just general questions for you, how can they get a hold of you?
5: Well, the best place to, do, to go is to our website, which is kppusa.com. We have a tips and topics section that you can get to from our homepage, it's on the navigation bar. And we just have a ton of different articles in there, just about all kinds of, of information about supplements and feeds and management. It's kind of an interesting place to go and look. And You can call us at our office. It's open from 8 to 5 Eastern Standard Time, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And the number is 859-873-2974, or you can go on our Facebook page which is just Kentucky Performance Products. And you could either private message me from the Facebook page or you could post a question right on the page itself and we'll answer it for you. So we're happy to help people out with their questions about supplements and nutrition.
3: Fantastic. Well, Karen, as always, we'd love when you come on and thank you so much. And if anybody has any questions for us, we can relay to Karen. Please feel free to also send us an email. We would love that.
5: Fantastic. Yeah. Any listener questions, send them in. It'll give us, it would be great. We could do a spot on any of them. We love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It'd be
1: cool. We'll send them
3: your way for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks Karen and happy 2020.
5: Oh, thank you. You guys have a nice day.
1: Well, Phil, you know how much we both love the Total Saddle Fit, all their products. And I will tell you, I called Justin myself this week because I had some issues. I've been having some girthing issues. Well, actually, Big Mike, I think it just needed a bigger girth because he's big. And I, Big <laughs> Mike is not fat. He's just big boned. No, no, actually, I, we, he was being a little funny with the girth. So I, I called Justin and talked to him about it. And he is great. And so much, you know, so helpful with girthing questions and saddle fit questions. So I talked to him and, and he was fantastic. And I'm really excited because my box came today and in my box because we have gotten several questions about the slim stability stirrup leathers versus the original traditional stability stirrup leathers. So I'm going to try the slim ones. I'm really excited because I've not tried them and didn't have a really good answer. But again, Justin at Total Saddle Fit is fantastic. He'll answer all your questions. A super approachable He's just a really, really nice guy. So I really appreciate working with someone and he's very knowledgeable. So um, again, we use a lot of tack, a lot of girth, um, but to have some somebody that can support his products and really help you with questions, I, I really appreciate that. You're not just kind of calling a, a number to, to some Chinese company or something. Nothing against China, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
0: whoa don't want to give you no, myself no, I mean, trouble? it's just a company that stands behind their products and if you have a problem with them, their uh, return policy is really easy and you know, any issue, not just that oh it didn't fit for me or you can just not like it or you don't really need a reason whatsoever because the 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 products are made with quality, made with riders in mind, riders test you know Justin's always getting our feedback, so uh we really appreciate appreciate them sponsoring our show and, and and we actually do use the products and we love the products and yep. you know if anybody else is interested at the websites easy, dot com you can shoot them an email or you know, or place your order and 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 try out the girths try out the the leathers try out the saddle pads every you know we we've got pretty much everything except for the these new uh these new stirrup leathers we're getting into so uh yeah, Say, give them a call, make an order.
1: Totalsaddlefit.com. Well, we have a great Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week from Ruth Hogan-Polson. We hope you enjoy her tip.
5: This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com.
3: Well, for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we have FEI rider, trainer, and author Ruth Hogan-Polson, who stayed on the program tonight to go through a trainer tip with us. So, Ruth, what do you have for us?
6: Hi. I have to talk about the bend of the elbow and the upper arm posture.
3: Love it. How can we make that better?
6: So, you always hear your trainer and teacher say, you need more elastic elbow. You need to bend your elbow. You need to follow with your elbow. And people think about pushing their hands forward and their elbow, but that the hand and the elbow is really a symptom of the problem, which is the connection in your shoulder and your scapula and your rib cage. So I came up with a little phrase for my students that when I want their elbow to bend, this seems weird, but it works to say, close the back of your armpit. And when you close the back of your armpits, your elbow will bend because you're lowering the point of your scapula. And that stabilizes your upper arm from the shoulder and allows your elbow to be elastic. Ta-da! I love it. That's a fantastic. I'm like sitting here doing it. <laughs> I do it all the time. I had a partial shoulder reconstruction, and I was in a brace for a long, long time, and I had a one of those frozen shoulder things, so I had to do a lot of learning about how the arm works and how the shoulder works and how you can have a relaxed hand, but tone in your chest and shoulder and ribcage, and I applied it to my teaching, and it works great. I love it.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's all these unique experiences, you know, in our lives that that can give us a little bit of insight into, into how we ride and, and just improve people's riding. So I love that you brought a little bit of a, a unique experience to your, you know, everyday job.
6: It was actually, I won't say it was a blessing, but it really helped my teaching because I was... I was one of those kids who had pretty good body control. So when I started teaching, I didn't really understand people who couldn't do something with their body mechanically. So then I had, well, I had a couple of things, but the shoulder was a big thing. And when my arm didn't work like the way it was supposed to, it really enabled me to understand when my students I would tell them to do something and then something else completely would happen and not what I asked, That they, they just didn't know how to move it biomechanically. So it was a good educational moment for me to have a lot more empathy on how to teach people biomechanically how to sit with the horse than just saying, you know, sit up straight. It, it really helps right. when I break it down to pieces. Fantastic. Well, I love that tip. Um, Ruth, how can
3: our listeners find you online? And also, we hope everyone is using the Dressage Writers Journal that you are the author, but how could they find the journal as well?
6: They can find the journal on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. They just type in Dressage Writers Journal and it'll pop right up. You can also go to my website, which is ww.ruthhoganPulson with an E-N, Polson-E-N dot com. And for position stuff, my dear friend Jane Savoy and I made a program called Program Your Position, which has all kinds of buzzwords and anchors to help you take shortcuts in terms of your body and your mind to activate the muscles that you need to use. And you can find that at ProgramYourPosition.com.
3: Cool. Oh, how fantastic. Another resource. We love those. Well, we'll have to have you come back on and tell us a little bit more about that. You're such a cool lady, and we're so glad you were able to come on the show, and we hope you have a great winter season in Wellington.
1: Thank you, and
6: I hope to see you soon.
1: Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Phil and I are always ha- happy uh, to answer your questions, to help you in any way that we can. So always reach out to us. We're always happy to have, I
0: have you. To, I have to say, sometimes I'm a little, uh, over the over the holidays, I was a little slow getting back to, to people with the with their emails. I'm, I'm getting caught up now. So
4: <laughs> we sorry. understand. There's I a few <laughs>
0: questions there. And yeah, and a couple of questions for Vivian that we're going to have her back on the show soon. It's just kind of getting back into the swing of things. It's yeah, been a bit for sure. A little bit difficult, but yeah, we're getting it there. Keep sending them. You know, we'll 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 get to it. I promise.
1: Absolutely. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. dot com. Like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, dot com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork dot
0: I think the best way to find me is probably on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
1: Keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we can't wait to talk to you next week.